there! Welcome to Ag Trends by AgVend, a podcast where we dig into a new era in ag retail and explore the strategies being used by pioneers in the ag industry. My name is Anna Cardoz, a product marketing manager with AgVend and your host. This week, we are joined by Tracy Linbo, ag industry veteran and EVP chief commercial officer of Growers Edge. In this 30 minutes, we chat about the future of ag retail and how digital will fit into that space. I hope you enjoy. So with that, Tracy, uh, welcome. Thank you, Anna. How are you, how are you doing this afternoon? Good, good. Another beautiful day in Minnesota. So thank you. Thanks for having me for such an important topic. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, we're excited to hear your insights. You know, I know I'm familiar with your background in the career in agriculture that you've had, but for those that are joining us today, why don't you give us a little bit of background and tell us how you ended up uh, at Grower's Edge? Yeah, thanks. Uh, I, you know, I was mentioning this to someone the other day. I, I usually say I've been in the industry about 25 years and I realize it's actually getting closer to 30. So I have to start changing my message a little bit, but it's just crazy to think about uh, what a great uh, time it's been. So I started my career working for BASF uh, as a chemical rep in southern Minnesota. Great opportunity to uh, spend time with many great ag retailers who are still some of them good friends to this day. And then we moved to North Carolina where I worked in the corporate office in logistics and product marketing. But really one of my favorite opportunities there was being able to launch the plant health industry and headline fungicide Um, And then we left North Carolina and moved to Des Moines, Iowa, where I worked for Pioneer for 10 years, a range of jobs from marketing, uh, regulatory production, and then really my favorite there was all the international work that I was able to do, living in the Des Moines metro, but being able to spend time around the world, um, working as they were learning how to farm they would get over a one acre or a one row planter so talk about innovation um you know when we were dealing with 30 row planters here and they were excited about their one row planter so uh really excited to have that opportunity and then uh, my husband and i moved to south dakota where we worked for south dakota wheat growers which people now know today as agtegra i led the agronomy team there and uh, had an opportunity to work with that group as we were going through a merger with a local co-op, creating Agtegra and really thinking about how uh, a co-op of that size evolves and brings innovation to their farmers. So um, a lot of fun throughout my career, uh, but probably the most exciting thing was when we decided to uh, take an opportunity to purchase a pick your own berry farm in North Central Minnesota. And Todd and I moved uh, back to Minnesota and um, have been enjoying getting that up and going. And then most recently has been the opportunity to join Growers Edge. So through that transition with the farm, I had a nice opportunity to step back and think about all the great opportunities I had at the large, well-established companies. And now being able to work for a startup that is very focused on farmers' profits and uh, working for a CEO that I know and trust and uh, very excited to have that opportunity next. So that's kind of the the short version, if you can believe it, of the past uh, nearly 30 years. Yeah, I mean, it's really neat because it sounds like you've gotten to see all sides of ag retail, really, from the manufacturing right. side to um, the co-op or the ag retailer side, the grower side of things. And now you're making another, um, really concerted effort to 
figure out from the ag tech side how digital can really play a role in growers and with with retailers so for those that may not be a little as familiar with growers edge why don't you give me just a little bit of info and background on that company yeah so since 2015 growers edge has really been working on putting farmers profits first and we're very committed to working through and with retailers to help them really develop uh, warranty backed crop plans using their agronomic knowledge using uh, years and years of data that we've been able to collect and utilize um, in conjunction with their data to really help build confidence in farmers as they're thinking about maybe new technologies or new products and uh, help the sales team have that extra um, emphasis that they can use with the farmer to help them really be successful in the business that they're doing. So I'm, I'm really excited about the opportunity to think about what Growers Edge and AgVend and all these different types of tools that we can bring together for farmers, really connect that ecosystem for them um, as thing, this digital space continues to grow and makes them more efficient and effective also. Yeah, and you know, it really is becoming that ecosystem. It's not just a one solution or a, a one, one app that can do everything, but how can we kind of all together give those growers the holistic solutions they need from profit side to interacting with their trusted retailers and sales agronomists to beyond that, right? Um, so that's really, really neat and interesting. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so the question I asked to kick off everything is, uh, I think you'll probably have a pretty good idea from the time that you spent in um, with the manufacturers as well as in ag retail, but what is an innovation in ag that you did not think was going to take off, but has? Yeah. Uh, it's a fun, that's a fun question because we've had so many great innovations in our industry, but for me personally, one has to be health, and um, we brought that to the forefront at BASF. Uh, at the time, the industry was very focused on soybean rust, and so people thought we were crazy to bring this uh, to the market because it didn't exist where you would use fungicides in corn and soybeans, but we knew in wheat and uh, small grains we were seeing an effect, we knew in produce, and so we did our research and brought that product, um, those products forward. And to me, it was a really great lesson in how to bring a win-win opportunity forward. But the fact that sometimes people don't see the value in the technology, and it's really our job uh, to help them see that that technology can really help them do better on their farm or in their business or whatever it might be. And uh, that was probably the biggest learning that I took from that time because really people didn't think that it was gonna happen and it turned out to be a really great market. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue to kind of start into our topics today, really with, you know, how has digital already changed in the ag retail landscape and how do you continue, you know, how do you foresee that to continuing to change in the next five, 10 years? Yeah, no, it's a it's a great question and we're really on the forefront of it, which is what's so exciting about it, I think. Um, I think for those in the industry that have taken the time to step back and maybe pause a little bit, they've seen that they've been able to utilize digital in very different ways. I think sometimes people think about digital as e-commerce and just buying products online. And really, uh, when you pause and understand the fact that the relationships are really important with, um, within agriculture, right? We're one of the more strong relationship industries that e exist. 
And based on those relationships, we have to um, really think about what are the needs of our customers and not make assumptions about them. And so sometimes we think about the fact that maybe it's a good thing for a retailer to be more efficient with their inventory. Um, to be able to see where you have inventory and where your locations are moving product around. But that's also important for the grower as they are having larger footprints and they're working with multiple locations. And so for them to have to where that inventory is, um, it helps them out. I think as um, growers are spending more time looking for information online, um, they're not, you know, there's a small percentage of them, statistics show, that are actually looking for price. A high percentage of them are looking for just knowledge. And it could be that they're trying to confirm what their local person is telling them. Um, but it could just be that it's late at night and that's the only time that they had to look for information. So digital is changing um, in the fact that it's causing uh, more transparency and visibility to information, which farmers definitely want and are going to need um, more of. So I think those are a couple of examples of where we're seeing that digital space change, but it's causing both the retailer and the farmer to be more efficient for those that are actually adopting it. Yeah, you know, we always say e-commerce is different than omni-channel and e-commerce is different than e-business is different than omni-channel and that kind of all-inclusive digital strategy. So I think that's a really great point that, you know, when you think of digital, it's not just purchasing online. Right, right. And Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say omni-channel is such an interesting word, isn't it? You know, everybody kind of has their own definition of what it is. But I think your point there that's really important is to not just think about e-commerce as e-business, um, you know, as our farmers are at multiple generations, but they're thinking about it from a digital online. They still need a face-to-face. -face. They may still have paper and notebooks and things like that. So, you know, omni-channel in agriculture is being able to have those discussions in multiple ways with the farmer. Yeah, and you mentioned this a little bit before we kind of dove into omni-channel, but you talked a little bit about efficiencies that digital can create. And, you know, I'm wondering what some of those efficiencies you see are or you see the potential to be um, with the continued adoption of digital tools. Yeah, uh, I think it in a couple of different ways. The one that I mentioned has been the one that's probably been maybe one of the easier ones for ag retail and one of the more important ones. We have not done a great job in our history of managing our inventories. And so being able to have a very clear view of what's in the shed and instead of ordering bits and pieces will help through the entire value chain. Um, but then, you know, helping um, with farmers who we're doing custom application for. So as we think about those farmers that are um, counting on us to get across the acres as ag retail, we have a great opportunity to communicate better with them. As the farmers are getting bigger, they're obviously planting faster across the entire United States. We can put quite a crop in in a week, 10 days. And so of course they're expecting the retailer to stay ahead of them in that process. And so how do we communicate with them that we're doing that? You know, having their plans well-written ahead of time in a system where they can actually look at what their plans are. We can communicate back with them that we're coming to your field, we can communicate that we've been in your field, and then the farmer can take all the next steps that they need to. So imagine the efficiencies that we're going to have as the ag retail system continues to improve in that space. 
So one kind of easier example of what digital um, is going to look like. I think some of the other efficiencies, um, you know, many of us purchase things online these days. And, uh, you know, when you think about the fact that you can pay your bill online, you can auto pay your bill online. Um, you don't even have to go to your bank anymore. All that stuff can be done. And so why not be able to offer that through ag retail, like is offered um, in the other places that uh, we do our business. So probably one of my favorite stories um, around banking and um, thinking about how we utilize that in ag retail. And, is I had a colleague in the industry tell me one time they came through the banking industry and said, you know, we would sit around at the bank and talk about how digital is not going to come to banking um, because we're the trusted advisor. And so they won't do these things online. And it always resonated with me because trusted advisor is a term that we use in agriculture quite regularly. And so if you think about how we can learn from the banking industry, the banks haven't gone away. Matter of fact, in some places they've added banks, but what they have done is figured out that their customers still need them. They just need them in a different way. And um, so how do we become trusted partners with our growers and move past just a trusted advisor so we can offer them these digital solutions and these tools that they need um, to continue to do their business? Yeah, and so how do you see that happening? You know, what do you see as the future relationship between a sales agronomist who is often that trusted advisor and a customer as we move forward in the implementation and adoption of these digital tools? Yeah. Well, I think that the agronomists who are really taking the time to get to know their customers um, are going to be the ones that are going to take these digital tools and really help service the customer going forward. Um, you know, sometimes as salespeople, we don't do a great job of op asking open-ended questions. Uh, we tend to think we know what the customer is going to say, especially if they've been a customer for a long time. We make assumptions about them. And um, I think a lot about segmentation and segmentation is hard in our industry. It's a word that we sometimes don't like to use because it, it can mean so many things. But unfortunately, um, what we've tended to do is think that it means age and size of the grower. And I think that the agronomists who work in their ag retail group to think about really what are the different true segments of the growers and asking them the questions to find out what their needs are without making assumptions will succeed uh, with the digital tools. Uh, sometimes those assumptions come in because we think that, well, that's the older generation on the farm and they don't use digital tools. I think we all know uh, farmers who are, you know, maybe the senior person on the farm, but they can't do as much labor anymore so they actually have time to do the research online and to get to know more about the products and ask those types of questions and so to assume that they aren't going to be the digital um, lead in the family can sometimes really get in the way of your success with that farmer and so really stepping back and understanding the needs and thinking about the different types of segments I think are going to help um, our agronomists going forward. Yeah, and as agronomists think about those different segments and kind of really get to know their customers, how do they transition with using these digital tools to continue to add value to the growers? Because so often value has been perceived as these in-person conversations or walking the fields. And 
as farm sizes change, as dynamics change, and maybe a farm now has a son that graduated college that's an agronomist or an agronomist on staff, some of those value adds may be shifting. So how do you kind of see that playing a role moving forward? Yeah, I think it's a really good point. If you think of someone coming back from college to work on the farm, and maybe that's a farmer that you used to do all the crop scouting for, but the son or daughter has come home and they're going to do the crop scouting now. So now that service that you provided is no longer needed. And if you haven't taken the time to understand the bigger needs of that farming business, now you're kind of starting behind and trying to figure out what their needs are. And so I think um, part of it is just really, really knowing what the need is and not making what the assumption is. Because if that service goes away, what, what will they need you for next? And how do you really understand that? So for me, um, I always just go back to this assumption piece. I think for people that know me, I, it took me a long time to do a lot digitally. It's not, I tend to be one who still carries a book and writes my notes in it. And people think it's crazy at my age that I would still be doing that. Uh, but I was also the one who for a while was only doing um, target.com, right? I never went to Amazon um, really until COVID hit. I didn't really need Amazon. Uh, but I was also the one who ended up buying a car online, sight unseen, never met, met the salesperson, um, and, you know, did all of that digitally. And so if someone would have assumed by what they knew about me being very paper heavy, they would have never thought that they could sell me something that way. So this taking the time to understand the customer, I think is, is really important. And the most important thing of anything that we do is what is the customer experience and what does the customer want the experience to be? Not what do we want the customer experience to be, but what is it that they are looking for and not trying to treat every single customer the same way, just because they're large or small or young or old or whatever it might be. Yeah, and you know, how do you see customer experience playing a role with digital tools? I mean, again, a lot of people think customer experience is made over those lunches or those belly-to-belly um, -belly conversations as we've heard before in the industry. So, you know, do you have any examples of some digital customer experiences that really do show you can still accomplish it even with digital tools? Yeah, I will. I'll use an example of uh, when I was at Integra, we had two brothers that farmed together and very much relationship uh, guys, very much. They wanted to see us. They wanted to spend time with us, but they absolutely wanted to access all the grain tickets online. They wanted to be able to pull into the elevator to see um, as they were pulling out to pull up on their phone, be able to see the grain, how much they had, what field it came from, et cetera. And so a lot of times they are still going to want that very personal relationship. They're going to want to sit down and have a cup of coffee. Um, but then being able to increase our ease of doing business with them in the other areas uh, is the part that we're going to be able to help these farmers to increase what that customer experience looks like. Um, I think too, if you think of things like um, buying uh, feed or buying fuel, so we buy our dog food through Chewy.com. For us, it's a we have a specialty um, feed that, or food that we use and couldn't get it, you know, locally. So we started at Chewy.com, and 
you would think that that would just be an online experience and nothing more. Well, when our lab passed away and I received a dozen roses in the mail with a, with a card that said, we're so sorry for the loss of your dog, you know, that was an amazing customer experience, right? From an online purchase, I've never met these people, but they took the time to actually write a nice card about the dog, the specific dog. You know, those are some of the things that we think about. What is the customer experience that aligns with the digital place? Um, we don't think about those things as much in agriculture. And I think if we kind of look at what are some of the other things we're learning about other ways that we buy and purchase, we can bring those experiences in. So I'm not saying we're going to send a dozen roses to everybody, <laughs> but, you know, just that personal touch uh, is what really takes the customer experience to the next level. Yeah, and I think part of that too is just recognizing that a digital tool does not replace that personal touch and doesn't right. need to and it shouldn't, right? And so you yeah. may just have to do things a little bit differently than you did today or maybe think a little bit outside of the normal box, but it does not replace, digital does not replace that human interaction at all or that personal touch. Yeah. And, you know, my, my other example I was going to give you on that feed and fuel is if you think of um, with Chewy, it's an auto ship. So I set it up and every few weeks it just arrives at the house. I don't have to do anything with it unless I want to change it. Um, a very similar experience can happen with feed and fuel, particularly in the energy business. Um, but when we think about feed, we have to write the specific rations or write the prescriptions or whatever it is. So it still takes that personal connection but we also know that we're gonna need hog feed every so many days. And so we could set that up as an auto ship. And so there's things like that that still have that personal touch, but boy, will that make the lives of the farmers um, easier and more efficient if they don't have to stop and think, oh gosh, I forgot to order my feed yesterday and now I'm at the bottom of uh, the bin and trying to feed cattle tonight's gonna to be a struggle because I'm out of corn. So those are areas that um, really increase the customer experience and it's all done digitally. Yeah, and kind of on that same token, you know, making life easier for the growers and just kind of getting that simplicity um, of doing business with their preferred retail. How do you think the growers have been rece receptive to the retailers uh, implementation of technology, at least for some of those early instances or maybe some of those early adoptive and innovative retailers that are implementing those digital tools? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, because we have such a range of customers and their desire, um, I think, you know, we have some that are still using flip phones, right? And then we have some that are better on their iPhone than I am, um, and they're in their 70s. So we're all over the place with that. So I think some customers are loving that transition. They want to have less paper. They want to have, they don't, care to have all the statements and the, the invoices come every day. But then you have those that are saying, boy, I really like that ability to, to look at it um, in front of me and have the, have the ability to check it off. So I think we've got a range and unfortunately, I think we're going to have that for a long time. Um, you know, even we assume that this next generation, they're very digital, they're going to always want it digital. We've already started to see as they start to get older, 
their choices change. You know, they're not staying digital the whole time. So I think as long as it is something that is helping them to get better at what they're doing and we're explaining to them why we're making the change, uh, sometimes we kind of miss that step. And that can feel frustrating to someone who has been very used to getting a statement the same way every month for many, many years. Um, so I think taking the time to explain the reasons why and what it's going to do to provide value to them, kind of back to the plant health example I used where, you know, if we hadn't explained what the value was, it wasn't an instant, oh yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, those are the areas that I think as an industry we're seeing more success. Yeah. Do you think that the customer's expectations or adoption of that, those digital tools and um, options how do you think that will change or increase in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, I think it's absolutely going to continue to increase. And this is probably one of the things we've learned through the pandemic is we have figured out that we have to work in different ways and that we can't always have the, as you referenced it, the belly to belly discussion. It doesn't work that way, right? And so you have to um, be flexible and you have to find ways that you can service the customer in a totally different light. And I think now people have figured out, oh, we actually can do this and, and it's okay. It's not horrible. It's maybe not always our preferred way, but it's not the worst way to do it. Yeah. So a question that came in, Tracy, that I want to ask you is, uh, how have you seen the implementation of digital tools helped the innovative retailers remain competitive and relevant? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, I think what it's done is cause them to, you know, really help the grower to advance their business too. And so they're moving faster than some of the other retailers that are around them. Um, they've been able to have some of that transparency. They've been able to help the farmers be more efficient. Um, I think they've been able to really implement the types of platforms and portfolio um, opportunities where the grower can go in at any time of day and look and see their bills or their scale tickets or whatever it might be. And so for them, if you think about the hours that a farmer puts in, um, maybe it's 10 o'clock at night and they're at the end of the row and they know that they need a tote of herbicide in the morning right there they can go ahead and put an order in and they don't have to text their agronomist maybe that agronomist they don't want to bother them at that time of night um, or maybe it's that they want to have a good record of what they've put an order in for um, i also think about some of them where we've seen where the farmers are down south for the winter so you don't have that person-to-person -person connection and they want to put their orders um, online or they want to be able to um, pay their bills from wherever they are. They don't have, they're not going to be up in your area for three months. So how do they go in and actually pay the bills? So some of those have just been some almost feel like low hanging fruit of just how we're getting better at doing business and making that ease of business. I think those are the ones that we're seeing the quickest success at the beginning using a portal like that. Yeah. So we're running short on time. So I, I do have two more questions for you. So okay. If you had a crystal ball, what would you say the ag retail landscape looks like in the next 10, 15 years? Okay, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we're gonna continue to see these mergers. We've been talking about mer mergers and acquisitions and consolidation um, for a long time, both at the ag retail space and uh, with growers both. 
but as these growers are getting larger, their equipment is bigger, they're moving more quickly, um, they're spread out, we're not going to need all of the small locations that we have all over the footprint. And as retailers, we can't always afford the upkeep of all of those locations. So I think we're going to continue to see a lot of that. I do believe this digital space is going to ramp up quicker than what it has to this point. As people start to get comfortable with utilizing those online pieces like we just talked about, I think that they're going to be wanting it and demanding it and asking for it and working with the retailers that can provide those things for them. So I don't think that's 10 to 15 years though, and I think that's really in the next few years that that digital space is growing quickly. Um, it's just, uh, you know, we use it in so many other places. Why not? Why would it not be happening in ag? And ag is kind of lagging in that area. But I do think that those are two spaces um, that are going to be pretty important. And then I do think as an agronomist, a sales agronomist, we're going to have to continue to increase our business skills. Um, farmers run businesses. And so how do we have better conversations with them about the business and help them really understand what their ROI is? and uh, help grow that business like we're trying to grow through ag retail or any part of the channel. So those would be the three big areas I'd, I'd probably focus on. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, I, I do agree with you that I think some of it may be in the next few years, not necessarily in 10, but it'll be really interesting <coughs> to see, you know, in three years, five years, 10 years, kind of how the landscape has changed and how we're able to, like you said, really help these growers operate their business more efficiently and get that ROI and, and track things um, and have an easy way to do business with their retailers. Yeah. So last question, I know this wasn't gonna be your favorite, but <laughs> I have to ask everybody, so hopefully you were able to come up with something. What yeah. is the craziest <laughs> thing that you've ever had to do for a customer? Yeah, I hate to disappoint you, but I did not come up with anything super crazy. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of crazy things around just the hours we've put in and things we've had to do for, for our customers. But um, yeah, sorry to disappoint you. And I did not have any really, really crazy things that I've been able to come up with for you, but uh, a lot of fun and a lot of great times. I tell you, we are very spoiled in agriculture, a lot of good people in this industry. And um, I think we'll, we'll continue to do some good things. Well, we'll just have to bring you back to the Ag Trends podcast in six months and see if, you know, that changes now that you're in a different role or if anything <laughs> has jogged your memory from this conversation. Yes. Yeah. We'll try it. We'll try and see if anything else pops up. Well, Tracy, that brings us to the end of our time. I can't believe it flew by so quickly. It did, uh, yeah. There, there were quite a few questions that we did not get to. So like I said, okay. for those folks that had questions, um, you can send anything to me, Anna, at agven.com. I'll make sure Tracy gets those questions and we can either, um, she can respond directly or she can respond through me. Um, and we'll make sure that we get that information to you guys. As a reminder, this webinar was being recorded, so feel free to check it out. We'll be sending out a link on Monday morning for you to um, re-watch this webinar or share it with anybody. This was the last webinar in our four webinar series, so we have kind of covered a wide variety of topics from really this new era we're seeing in ag retail to common considerations when looking at digital with Craig Patty from River Valley to um, how digital tools can be sales enablement and not replacements for agronomists with uh, Connor Langford from Valley Ag. And then today with Tracy Linbo talking about the future of ag retail. So 
those will be on our Ag Trends um, blog site, so you can check those webinars out. And also, if you don't have time to watch the webinar, these also all were turned into podcasts. So you can search the Ag Trends podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. So with that, Tracy, thank you again so much. We really, I really appreciated chatting today. Yeah, thank you, Anna. And I, I look forward to continuing to work with AgVend. And, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, I think both Growers Edge and AgVend, we're, we're working together to figure out how to help retailers have uh, more success with their growers and make sure it's not a check the box exercise, right? This is the execution side of it and uh, finding those platforms that retail can use going forward. So thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it and all the good work you guys are doing. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to see what you do over at Grower's Edge, too. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning into Ag Trends. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us with the information in the show notes. See you next time.